0: Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live Lead. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. Get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial, because here's the host of The Bible Live,
1: your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. And <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my wife, my daughter, my lovely daughter <laughs> Stacy is here in the studio with me, and let's see, this sounds like a little... Sounds sexuality. like you're a... Is that... so? That need to be off, Sounds maybe? like you were
0: thrown down in Something.
1: I'm down in the barrel. There you go. I think we're better off. Thank you, John, for getting us out of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, Stacy is here with me. And John, our screener here is to, here to take your calls all during the next 90 minutes. We're going to continue our way through the Bible. That's what we do every Sunday evening. We go through the entire Bible every year. Giving you a step-by-step review, walking through all of these different major events and episodes uh, of in the Bible, from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, all the way through Samuel and the Chronicles and, and, and Kings and Chronicles. We we make our way through the entire Bible every year. So maybe you've been thinking you'd always wanted to read through the Bible. You'd really like to know this book better and better we want you to join with us you can do that easily by joining us here on sunday evenings for the bible live um program we do our our commentary program if you go to the bible our website the bible live not alive but the bible live and not the bible life l-i f as in frank it's the bible live i, I, I want to get people to g- remember this because uh sometimes people say th- uh, they get the wrong uh wrong website the bible live l-i-v as in victory e the bible live.com go there and you can go to our site there we have commentary we have uh, study Uh, resources for you there and so on. But most importantly, you can find there the entire Bible uh, in our reading schedule as we start the book of Genesis. Every year, somewhere in the first part of November, uh, we start the book of Genesis. We go all the way into the end. We go Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then we go Matthew. Then we go Numbers and Deuteronomy. Then we go Mark. We kind of bounce back and forth between the Old and New Testaments and make our way. You can hear the actual Uh, every verse every chapter every book of the Bible there at our website and uh, just follow our schedule listen to 15 to 20 minute Bible reading every weekday and then here on the weekend we get a chance to comment and think about and ponder and study a little bit more in depth those passages that we have read the week before now like I said we have started the book of Genesis here in November we've this is our third week into our 21st time through the Bible, and we have read uh, this past week. We finished the book of Genesis, chapters uh, 36 through 50, the, vi- the books of Genesis. And we started, we picked up on our on Friday, we read um, the first six chapters of the book of Genesis. Exodus. Uh, I'm sorry, Exodus. <laughs> thank you. Uh, the book of Exodus. And so we are... Uh, making our way Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. And so that, but then we'll get in just in time for Christmas, we'll jump over to the book of Matthew and read about the birth of Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah. But that's not the first mention of the Messiah. That's one thing that we're pointing out as we get into the book of Genesis. Uh, we're going to review just a bit where we've gone. Now, we've just since we've just started, let's kind of back up and We uh, studied the creation of the world, the first three chapters of Genesis, Uh, the creation of the world, the creation of the human race, Adam and Eve, remember, Uh, and we studied about them. We we understand as we get into the Bible, the book of Genesis is laying the groundwork for all of the rest of the Bible. It's kind of putting the, the... the necessary, all the m- the most important pieces of our human existence, uh, explained in the scriptures. Now, this book, the Bible, it's sixty six different books written over a period of about a thousand six hundred years, and it it is not only a book of events and stories in and of itself, but it lays the ground. It explains uh, this book does it explains to us uh, who God is, the Creator. This being who created, who spoke the world, the universe into existence, tells us about God, what God is like. And he tells us about the, the, his purpose in creating this privileged planet we call Earth and the human race, the animal kingdom, the plants and animals, the, this amazing planet that supports life uh, with, with water and oxygen and all the things that we know are so amazing about this particular planet and the human race that is planted here. And it tells us uh, who God is, what God is like, the, the triune nature of our God. There are three distinct uh, divine persons uh, in the Godhead. Uh, there is one God, and the secret, as we've pointed out, the secret uh, and the, the, the mystery and the amazing thing about the, the Trinity the idea of three distinct divine personages, uh, three distinct persons, but so perfectly united in their relationship, in their love for each other, their character, their purpose and design, and their action, that we know these three, uh, we came to know them ultimately uh, through Jesus of Nazareth, uh, not, not, not exclusively. They had been spoken of, the three persons of the Godhead, throughout the Hebrew Scriptures and throughout the Old Testament, Uh, different names, different uh, illustrations, uh, even the term of the the God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son. Each of these names, uh, these titles are given to us in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, but it is Jesus of Nazareth who brings them to prominence and that we understand now the three persons of the godhead through the names that we have the father the son and the holy spirit so we have god the creator creating the human beings uh, in in uh, as persons knowing uh, we have uh, intellect emotion and will we are uh, we are also beings of personality with reason and with free will and that god has created us so that he could draw out of the human race a people for himself, I will be their God; they will be my people. Uh, the desire is to draw us into that relationship, that perfect, harmonious, love relationship that exists between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. He is drawing uh, from the human race a people for himself. Now, that's that's the big, big picture. We talked started out with Adam and Eve. We born uh, they were created there in a uh, a perfect environment, the Garden of Eden. They fell into sin, uh, but God's plan extended uh, and took that into uh, account that uh, there was a, a redemption, a redeemer. The idea is that uh, even though uh, Adam and Eve fell into sin and with them, the whole human race, then uh, God's plan is to send a redeemer. It's announced first in in clear words in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that there would be a human male of the species born that would be a redeemer that he would overcome and undo the works of Satan that caused the fall of humanity into sin and its consequences that this redeemer this savior this messiah uh, this anointed one was to come okay so that, that brings us through the first three chapters then from chapters 3 to 6 we see the expansion of the human race uh, 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 around the earth. Uh, we see that the human race begins to divide primarily on the basis of those who love God, desire God, honor God, acknowledge God, want God, and those who do not or who want to be their own God or create their own gods. So we see from chapters 3 through 6 the expansion of the human race. In chapter uh, 7, the human race has become so... Uh, corrupt and so godless uh, and violent and perverse in every way that only one uh, one man and his wife and their three children and their spouses uh, this family of eight is the only family left that that honors God that truly worships God and follows him that's our our friend we know as Noah uh, Now you can meet you know the people there is uh, the genealogies are given there in those chapters we can trace those generations. Uh, but Noah I- and his family are saved. Uh, that God judges the human race uh, through a flood that comes and th- the human race is uh, wiped out, except for Noah, his wife, uh, they are taken uh, they are judged. Uh, and then Noah and his wife and the animal kingdom that were saved th- at the ark uh, in Genesis chapter 7. Then we go to uh, they begin again with noah and his wife and their their children and the the race begins to multiply and build again expand again but again they do not spread out and multiply uh and god has to spread them out uh, through forcing uh diversity upon the human race that was his plan all along now that the race has fallen into sin and and uh that irreversible tendency irrevocable tendency to selfishness and sin then uh, it is needed a diversity as a tool that God uses to keep the race from walking once again into lockstep and to uh, uh, universal judgment. So he confuses their languages in chapter 11 that's the Tower of Babel. And from there, the human race continues to expand, but now expanding and spreading out over all the earth, divided into different people groups, different cultures, different um, foods they eat different people live in the mountains, people live in the desert, people live on the beaches, people live on islands in, in forests in deserts areas, so you have all these this diversity, and so the human race continues to expand, but still now, in chapter twelve, we pick up God picks up with a man in the in the biblical record, we pick up with a man named Abram who becomes Abraham and his wife Sarah. Now God is beginning to as the human race expands men and women are still choosing to follow God or not follow God to honor God or not honor God and and they are they know about God through general revelation creation around them human consciousness and awareness that special awareness that we have as human beings that makes us wonder about Life and purpose of life and eternal life and life after death and all that that special uh, awareness that we have as human beings as distinct from the animal kingdom. So we have creation, consciousness, and then conscience. Human conscience about good and evil. The idea is, uh, C.S. Lewis says that there is a, there there in every culture, in every society, in every people group that has ever lived. There is. A, and a sense of ought there's there's certain behaviors and attitudes that are shameful and wrong and 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 th- that should be uh we should train and teach our children to avoid those attitudes and those behaviors and there are certain uh, there's certain ought this sense of ought is what we're talking about in human conscience uh, it doesn't mean that we all agree about what's right and wrong, but that the, the idea that certain things are right and wrong—that general idea—is that this, this sense of order, what we call human conscience. Where does that come from? That's the idea. So all of these are at work in the human race. And men and women are responding to what God—that God has revealed Himself in those basic ways. Uh, what we call God has is, is planted eternity in our hearts, in our lives. And man has believed and either follows after God and seeks God and desires him or does not. Uh, Let me see. Then he picks up with Abraham, and he's going to start. God is, in chapter 12, God starts carrying out a a specific work of redemption, what uh, many great preachers have called the the scarlet thread through the Bible. I was just reading before our program started tonight, Stacy. I... I, um, when i was young there was a great preacher at the first big first baptist church of dallas named w.a chriswell and uh just an amazing pastor preacher bible scholar and teacher and uh chriswell was a very interesting individual a godly faithful pastor for many many years there at the first baptist church of of dallas Uh, built the church to the huge mega multi- uh, thousands of members and so on in, there in the big city of Dallas, but uh, will was also independently wealthy, uh, and I I won't go into the details of how he became wealthy. It wasn't anything illicit. Uh, he, but he was a smart man, and he became well. Of course, and they paid him well there, in the pastor of a great church, and um, I, I can't remember what anniversary it was, but one of the anniversaries of his being the, maybe the 50th year i can't remember the what the anniversary was but the people wanted to give him a gift but you know what do you give a man who has everything right so they said what would you like if we could give you a gift and he said um, i would like to preach a, a sermon i'd like to pre- as long as i want to preach i don't have to shut it off after 30 minutes or 45 minutes i i just like to to preach as long as I want to preach, and they said, "Great!" So they set it up, and and uh, he ended up preaching all night long uh, in this sermon. It was called, and the name that he actually preached through the entire Bible. Oh, yes. uh, it was called the Scarlet Thread through the Bible. That was his sermon. I, I remember reading it years later, and uh, this what what uh, Chriswell did then is he picked up like we're doing as we move through the Bible, and we're seeing this this redemptive narrative, mm-hmm. how that God began, you know, the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, then Seth, then, then it comes to Noah, then it goes on to Abraham. And, and God is not only uh, preserving the human race and, the, and human beings are making their decision about God, even during that term. Uh, in other words, each human being uh, is deciding on, on the revelation that God has given of himself whether it's creation, consciousness, or conscience, uh, you know, that's uh, where it is, he, that general revelation uh, then human beings are choosing. At the same time, God is expanding and increasing uh, the revelation of himself. He is Now he's going to start, instead of general revelation, using Abraham, through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who later takes on the name Israel, uh, and we are, we are now following how God is working through a family group, a, a pe- he's establishing a people group that he is going to work in and through and with them to carry out the redemptive story. And not only keeping awareness about God, the true and living God, uh, an awareness of God in the human race, but also through them, he will bring this one redeemer this Savior, who is going to, by His own blood and by His perfect life of faith and trust and obedience to God the Father, He is He is going to be a, again. Uh, he's going to be the last Adam, a second Adam, but He will not fail. He will live a perfect life of faith and trust, and obedience to the Father. Then He who knew no sin will become sin for us. He takes the penalty of the human race, the sin of the human race, upon Himself, and redeems pays the price the penalty of our sin and then becomes the firstborn as god raises him from the dead a, a new creation a new uh, a human race the race of the redeemed uh this one redeemer this messiah becomes the firstborn of the twice born the redeemer through by whom through faith those of us now who trust in, in the, the finished work of the Messiah, of the Redeemer, the Savior, then we too then receive, uh, we die to ourselves. we are born again, and become part of the new race of the redeemed, uh, that we are promised eternal life. Now, uh, with, with God forever. God is with us now in our lives as we live for him here on planet Earth, and he will take us on into eternity. Now, in chapter 15, I'm sorry, Stacey, to kind of lay all this real quick, but I'm trying to make it through. Chapter 15 was a chapter that you brought out when we studied, read those passages. This is the, in chapter 15, it's a big chapter of the Bible. you got to kind of remember this chapter. This is where God speaks to Abraham. Now, Abraham has left his country he called him to leave his land and go to a land that God was going to give to him, and he does so by faith and trust in the, in God, and God promises that you are, I'm going to give this land to you, and the land that he's talking about is the land of Canaan, uh, what we know now is, in, in, even in the modern times, the land of Israel, uh, in that part of the world, and God promises in chapter 15 that through Abraham, he says, know that for certain your descendants will be strangers in the land that is not their own, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for four hundred years. But I will judge the nation whom they, uh, whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out of that nation with many possessions, and uh, and so on. So he gives him, uh, and, and he, there's a covenant act with God walks between the pieces of these animals. The, the, this this old. Sign of covenant there in the ancient world. God makes a covenant with himself. That, uh, upon my own my own trustworthiness, my own power, I'm going to work to bring about this covenant of blessing to you and your descendants, the people of God.
0: And I think real quick there. Go ahead, hon. Yeah, is that um, it, I think it's a perfect image, too, of kind of God's sovereignty and providence, but also honoring Abraham's choice. Right. It? So it wasn't as though Abraham did not, he was he was prepared, he was ready to, although it does, the passage indicates that a great weight came on him. I mean, he knew basically he was dooming himself to death <laughs> because he knew he wouldn't be able to meet this. And, and But he chooses to enter into that, and then he finds out that he does not have to to die, and that that mm-hmm. God's going to do it. But I think it's a really beautiful. It's not as if He just says, "I'm going to do it." He does find a person, a human in time and space, Abraham, who is willing. Who will trust Him? Who will trust? That's him. That's the word faith. Yes, who faith. Ha- who, but he takes that step, and it's it's like that Indiana Jones,
1: <laughs> right.
0: quintessential step of faith. Right. He Abraham was he he put his foot out. He he was prepared. To to step and there not be anything, but God came through and He He honored and He created that covenant. I just think that that's a real. Sometimes it's hard for me to, um, especially as we go through all of these stories, and especially when we're talking about Judah and Tamar and then Joseph and what what man meant for evil, God made good and Joseph, yes, right. And it's sort of this ebb and flow. It's kind of this dance of God's sovereignty. And yet, and and yet, man's free will. So right. Man, um, so to... it's
1: very, very good, I and mean, it's very important that that you point that out because the, the biblical narrative it, it, it has that very astounding mix mm-hmm. of the sovereign God is sovereignly at work in and through and with His people, mm-hmm. and in the human race to carrying out this redemptive plan. And and we get the, the basis of that is there in Genesis 15. Uh, Abraham has, by faith, he has left his home country and his, and his family, and he has followed and obeyed God, that God is calling him to this other land. A- and yet still we have the idea that, yes, Abraham had a part. His place was to faith, mm-hmm. trust, and obey God. Trust and obey. And although he's not even going to do that perfectly, God... Is honor honors his faith god sovereignly has set about to bring about his purpose of calling out uh a people for himself it's it's an amazing beginning to the story there but we get that in genesis 15 and then we've been following the story all along now um abraham uh, and sarah they they have a child remember they are unable to have children and then uh, he has a servant uh uh, a servant girl in their family that he picked up when he was down in Egypt uh, named Hagar. So he has a child by Hagar named Ishmael, thinking that he's kind of helping God out. God had promised him he's going to give him a son th- with Sarah, and yet he loses patience. He tells him that when he's 75 years old, and he gets to be 86 years old, and he still hadn't ha- doesn't have a child, and they're too old to have children. And so they think, well, I need to do this, and so he has this Ishmael, uh, the son with Hagar, but but God makes it clear that no, He's going to do a great miracle. You're going to have a child with your wife Sarah, and so Isaac is born, and so we have Abraham now. And right away now, what we're doing is we're going to start following as God works out through Abraham, and then through Isaac, and then Isaac uh, has his own adventures. He gets his wife. And remember we talked about uh, Eleazar, the, the servant who went and sought a bride for the, the son of Abraham, Isaac. And uh, as a picture of the work of the Holy Spirit who draws men and women to, to the, to the son, the Holy Spirit draws us uh, to be the bride of Christ, the church. And so we'll come back. We're just going to review, catch up to where we are. And this last week we picked up with the life of Jacob now as a mature committed follower after god we're going to learn about jacob we're going to learn about this very unusual son named joseph uh son of rachel uh, one of his two wives so we're going to follow the experience and we're going to go finish up the book of genesis with the people of israel down in egypt and then we're going to go and begin the adventure and the story of moses that was our reading all this past week Don't go away. We're going to come back and talk through it. You can give us a call if you'd like, 210-340-9585. We'd love to hear from you. Don't go away. Thank you for staying with us, folks. We're going to continue now our discussion. We're going to pick up, uh, just kind of bring you up to speed here on the book of Genesis. Uh, We've come to this man named Abraham and Sarah. uh, And, and of course, we've discussed these in detail in prior weeks, and we've read through them. Of course, Uh, you can go to any of these chapters on our website, thebiblelive.com, and you can listen to them again. Uh, But we have Abraham and Sarah. Now, uh, Abraham has his son Isaac. Uh, Isaac, whose name means laughter, has come and joined them. Then uh, Abraham and Sarah die. Then Isaac continues. Isaac and Rebekah have two sons, Jacob and Esau. Uh, And Esau becomes the head of the nation of Edom. Remember what God has told uh, uh, Abraham, that he is going to be the father of many nations, Uh, Not only the special nation, the special people group that would bring the Messiah into the world, but that he would be the father of many nations. Uh, Esau becomes the head of the family of the Edomites. Uh, And uh, so we're kind of following along here now. uh, Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. Jacob is the son of Isaac who values the things of God. He believes in God and he values, he not, not, a deep, deep, mature faith and trust in God. But he, he values the things of God to the extent that he, he values the, the, uh, the birthright. For example, uh, he wants to be the, the son of promise through whom the, the lineage of the Messiah. He values that, uh, whereas Esau does not. And so uh, Jacob uh, is, wins the birthright and also the blessing from his father, uh, through deception, and then he f- has to flee from his brother Esau's wrath. He flees back up to his home th- where their their family kind of headquarters up uh, north of Israel, back up. Uh, he goes to work for his uh, uncle Laban up back at their hometown f- far to the north, a couple of hundred miles f- further north. And so he's up there for 16 years, uh, or 20 years, I'm sorry. He serves... Uh, seven years working to earn the hand of marriage of, of Rachel, but then he's deceived and receives his, the sister Leah instead. Then, so he works another seven years for Rachel, and then he works another six years just building up his own wealth and his own herds, and God prospers him. And now they have they come down from um, uh, Aram, uh, Aram Padua. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they come down. And they come back down into Canaan. He reunites with his brother um, uh, Esau, and, and peacefully. And then he then begins to uh, raise his family. He, he has twelve children by his uh, and a daughter Dinah. We read about her as well in those chapters that we've already passed. Uh, but these children now the the. They become eventually the tribes of Israel. Now remember that Jacob's name has been changed to Israel, meaning uh, for he uh, wrestled with God and won. Uh, in other words, he he has come into a full blown now right relationship of faith and trust and obedience to the to God, to his God, and and Jacob is now a mature, committed follower after God. Uh, And he has his sons. Now, let's introduce. How would you explain, Stacy? He has these sons. Reuben is his oldest son. We've heard about all these sons, their birth uh, through uh, uh, his wives, Leah and Rachel. Uh, Only two. Now, Rachel was his true love, his romantic, I guess, love. uh, And he has only two sons with Rachel: uh, Joshua. And then the younger brother, ben, uh, Benjamin. Jo-
0: Joseph.
1: I'm, Benjamin. I, I'm sorry, Joseph. <laughs> uh, you're right. Jo- Joseph and then Benjamin. Uh, getting my names all mixed up here. Yeah, d- d- I, I, I'd be interested in your view of... We were talking about this a little bit during the break. The family uh, dynamic yeah. here uh, with, with Jacob or, or Israel is now called. And with his family, these 12 sons, and they begin to have their wives, and their children, and so on. Uh, Here they are living in Canaan, in the land that God uh, promised to them. Remember, God also told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15, you're going to have to go down to another land for 400 years. Now, for the moment, they're still in Canaan. Describe a little bit and add some of your insights or whatever you think about this, the relationships that... Jacob now has with his twelve sons and their families. the The amazing thing is that these these sons, boy, they. This is not a perfect family. Right. This is not yeah. uh, the they, Evidently, they're they're very imperfect within, sure. di- very dysfunctional in the first place. As we understand it, God's norm. The ideal for a man in, in marriage was one man, one woman for life. Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, right off the bat, Jacob here has two, he has right. his two wives. That in and of itself is pretty dangerous, right? Because both Leah and Rachel competed with each other to see who could have children and so on. So the whole family environment was characterized by competition and, and mm-hmm. resentment and so on. Is that how you would explain what we see next? Because we see, the, right. we see some extreme violence coming. Now, right. paint for me a picture of it as well, you see. I it.
0: I, well, I guess I just, um, you know, you see, you see God working through these people, and, I, and if no other reason, when He chooses Abraham, a big part of that is just to have a nation group, to have a, a group of people through which that's that is sustainable, and yeah. that is. Um, fruitful, and that will not. And it seems like he uh, kind of the world after the fall tends towards chaos and disorder and death and unbelief. Destruction, yeah, and yes, unbelief and uh, so
1: God is l- looking for a people. W- d- Not perfect, obviously. Right,
0: but that is willing to recognize and to believe and hope that there is more to life than just survival, kind of. You know, than just, than maybe even our more animalistic tendencies. Yeah, uh Because you do see, I mean, how quickly it devolved. I mean, Noah, uh, evidently, Sodom, Gomorrah, um, I mean, Cain kills Abel, his brother. Mm-hmm, so there, mm-hmm. it seems like there's kind of a and and when you think of even our own world, you know, our my when I think of myself and my life without the Holy Spirit, and without Christ, and without, I mean, there go by I, but by the grace of God. I mean, we we would we are murderers in our hearts. Right. We are, and so it, I it remember Bill
1: Bright, the, the great founder and president of Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, In in his later years, I remember him speaking. We had a leadership gathering of all the ministry leaders from across the nation. And I remember in a hotel uh, uh, ballroom, Bill was speaking to us in a very kind of casual, uh, personal and uh, informal way. Mm -hmm. And he said, I remember him saying, it kind of shocked us all. The seed of every sin known to mankind resides in me, yeah. the potential for it. The right. the right, given the right circumstances, the right moment. Of mm-hmm. course, it takes a lot of imagination, and especially did when I heard Bill say that because it's such a godly, good and godly and gentle and tender and loving man, you know. Yeah. But but that's what you're saying is that right. God is now committing to use imperfect right. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and, and, Israel, and now. These 12 sons of of Israel, the 12 Mm -hmm. sons of Jacob, their family life becomes so chaotic and competitive. And And in
0: a way, it's it's almost more surprising when it's not. (laughs) I mean, in fact, that might be that. That's the silver. That's that scarlet thread is you can see where God binds together things that ordinarily would be broken I mean, he holds it together <laughs> um because i don't think in other words yeah i'm, I'm not surprised that they would want to kill each other <laughs> that 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 actually probably would be the case i mean it's a hostile world it's um competitive it's hard i mean life is mm-hmm, hard and mm-hmm. tough and you know, slavery exists and different people groups and murder, and there's probably not much of a just. You know, it's the wild, wild west. I don't well, know. let's look
1: at it from a little bit from our perspective. We know the rest of the story. We've read the Bible and, and so on. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, let's see. God has them now in Canaan. Yes, okay. Uh, Jacob is there. His 12 sons, they are there. But he's already told uh, Abraham that th- you're... Your family, your descendants, they are going to be—they're going be to ta- go spend four hundred years in another nation, and and, and be be um, possessed. Jacob be that,
0: or did he tell Abraham? He told Abraham, Abraham that. Abraham.
1: He told Abraham. So they have that hadn't happened yet,
0: right? So,
1: so okay, okay, so we're looking from the perspective of God. God somehow got to get the people. Uh, hmm. uh, he's got to get Jacob and his twelve sons. He's got to get them out of Canaan now. He's got to get them, and he didn't name the country of Egypt, but we know now in looking mm-hmm. back, he's got to get them down into Egypt for 400 years to carry out his promise that he made to Abraham, and then he's going to bring him out of that. All of this was in that promise in Genesis 15. So that's got to happen. And so we can't count on... Jacob and his 12 sons to just say, okay, we've got to go down here and live in Egypt for 400 years. Somehow God has got to make this happen, but without uh, abusing the free will mm-hmm. of, of the individuals involved. I mean, that that's the trickiness. That's the difficult... That's the incredible miracle, the great miracle of the Bible is that God carries out this redemptive plan with a bunch of people who aren't necessarily... Maybe maybe some of them want to serve him and want to do the right thing, but they're weak and they're, you know, defective, you know, as we all are. But then there are also there are enemies. There are enemy nations and enemy people. Uh, and there's a spiritual enemy loose on planet Earth, mm-hmm. uh, Satan himself, the devil, who is also at work in the human race right. trying to disrupt and interfere with this redemptive plan that God has. So you get all of that in the mix, and it makes an incredible story yeah. as we go through. But let's just, let's, now how does God get Jacob and his family, there are 70 members of his family now, okay. his, his sons, their wives, and their children, grandchildren and all, there's 70 of them. How does God get them down into Egypt? Pick up at chapter. I think it's around chapter thirty six. This
0: might be one of the more famous, you know, m- famous I guess story. Mm-hmm. It's Joseph, his coat of many colors, and uh, so Joseph is the youngest, is the youngest son of Rachel, whom uh, Jacob loved, and so Joseph is Jacob's favorite. Family. Joseph is
1: his favorite. I mean, I mean, yeah. Joseph is Jacob's favorite, mm-hmm. which he shouldn't have. Evidently, right. you're not supposed. And his little brother is Benjamin. Yes. Now we got to remember that those are the two sons of, of Jacob with Rachel, yes. his um, his favorite, you know, his wife, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the love of his life. He would say. So here they are. They're in Canaan. Jacob makes it very clear that he favors Joshua, Joseph. not Joseph. <laughs> I'm sorry, Joseph. Mm-hmm. That evidently, Stacy even in a godly household let's assume for the moment that jacob has told his sons about about you know uh, about his father isaac and about abraham and about god uh, the god that they serve and worship and he's told them about abraham isaac and jacob I mean, he's told them about the the covenant he's told them about the worship god but somehow his showing favoritism to jo- to joseph stirs up incredible and there's no other word i could use it was it was the word hate hate yeah. well, hatred. and
0: joseph played a part in that too i mean he he i, I he might have played kind of, into that he played a little into bit. it and kind of a naivety about just uh, uh about brotherhood and uh, i i don't at best maybe a naivety at worst he rubbed it in their faces <laughs> Um, yeah,
1: the, the, he, and what you're talking about is the, the dream. well, the coat of many colors, and then he shares, the he has some dreams right. that he shares with his family.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you will go into detail sure, about that. the
0: dreams implying that all of his brothers would bow down to him, and, you know, you hear that, and you just kind of, I mean, for better or for worse, it's still, uh, you know, the brothers have to be responsible for their own reactions, but... Um, yeah, he has a dream like that his that. brothers mm-hmm. and his father and his father bowed down to him. that, evidently.
1: And but Jacob just sort of heard it. it the the record says that Jacob just kind of heard it, and hmm, I wonder what. Mm-hmm. But Joseph has these dreams that he's going to lord over all of his brothers and his father, mm-hmm. and that pl- put together with this favor that the fa- that jo- Jacob gives to him gives him a coat of many colors, Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of one of the famous stories of the Bible, I guess, which shows a great deal of favoritism toward him. Um, it, It creates this incredible hatred, and I have to use the word hatred because one day his sons are out tending their sheep, and Jacob sends Joseph to go meet them or deliver a message to them or something, and, and in chapter, what chapter is it, thir- 36,
0: 37? Real quickly, I, I, yes, keep coming. They put I, their
1: heads together to kill him.
0: Right. And I think they, that they, my, the sense that I would get is that it's not so much a hatred for what Joseph has currently, although I'm sure that that was kind of it. But, um, I, I, you know, uh, it's kind of a sense of a hatred for what he is going to have. Or what they imagine that he will inherit. I mean, they've been brought up to oh, know the story uh-huh, and maybe. to kind of believe that this is going to come about through you, or through you know, through us, through you, and that there would be. There's kind of a, um, you know, if you're in a if you're in a race, you know, as long as everybody's kind of staying together, but if one person starts to try and break. From that, there would, I imagine, be this kind of anxiety about, well, no, that mean that won't mean that I won't get a part. Um, I, I don't know if that makes so underlying everything, even though it is evil. I mean, I mean, the hatred and uh-huh. they should not. There is kind of a at least a faith that they they do see that God is going to do something, and they mm. want mm. to be more part of it than Joseph is. I'm just. I'm speaking maybe kind of from a sibling understanding, uh, you know, I don't know, psychiatry's point of view, but I, uh, in a way, appreciate the. Um, I mean, if they didn't care, in other words, if they were like um, Esau, who didn't uh-huh. care about his birthright or who threw it, you know, who kind of didn't value, then maybe they wouldn't have cared so much.
1: Maybe you So right at the
0: very there. least, you realize, well, they do at maybe least. Maybe you're care. right there.
1: There was something <laughs> at work. That created an incredible amount of hostility toward Joseph, mm-hmm. and he goes out to them. Now the story is more detailed, of course, but then a plot is put in place. They think of a plot mm-hmm. as they see. Jo- they see in chapter thirty-seven Joseph is approaching them. Uh, he finds them a, a, in in a place called Dothan, and they plot together. They think about. Why don't we kill him? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they're going to murder their brother. Yeah. Well, Reuben now is the older brother of the family. Uh, he is the, at this point, the, the leader of the family. And he uh, he tells them, Reuben said, shed no blood, throw him, don't do that. <laughs> let's, let's not do that. When they said, let's, let, he said, let's not take his life. And so... Uh, he talks him out of that. Then they take him and they put him into a pit, into a hole, maybe in a, a dry well of some kind where there was no water in it. And then it says they sat down to eat a meal. Now, the classic Christian understanding through the years, even as I, as I was growing up, is that his brothers sold him into slavery. Uh, I, I think I have understood uh, – as you know, we had a Jewish uh, uh Jacob helped me for many years helping with the program here as well. And it gave me a perspective of the Jewish tradition of that passage It's not that the brothers sold Joseph, but that the they were eating a meal, they had it in their heart to do, they were they had talked about it, but actually, if you read the text very, very carefully, it it is the uh, two caravans come by. One is a caravan of Ishmaelites Uh, going down into Egypt to sell their goods. And then another group of Midianite traders passed by. And it it is they, the Midianite traders, in verse 28, they pulled uh, Joseph out of the pit and they sold him to the Ishmaelite traders for 20 shekels of silver. And that's how we get Joseph, at least, down into Egypt. Now, so right away we're telling a story, a very human story of of, of hatred, of resentment, of jealousy, uh, uh, maybe of pride a little. But with this human element, and we know that God is in this Somehow he's got to get these people down into Egypt. So the moment we see that Joseph gets sold into slavery down into Egypt, un- unjustly, he did nothing to deserve it, for all we know from what we know he's a good, godly, righteous, god believing we're not told of any evil in particular that he has done, but he is sold into slavery down into Egypt. Now then you come into the second thing comes in. There's a famine. Nobody has any food. Uh, well, no, that's not the second thing. The, the, the He goes <laughs> down, down to Egypt, chapters thirty eight uh, we get a little bit of a, st- a little bit of break in this story. Uh, it interrupts this story to tell us the story of Judah and Tamar. Tamar, and Tamar is one of the four women listed in the genealogies of Jesus of Nazareth yeah. in the New Testament, the Book of Matthew and we have we have that story in chapter 38 of Genesis and it's messy it's so messy it's messy and <laughs> yeah this is what i'm saying yeah. it's god making working out his perfect beautiful wonderful redemptive plan in the middle of a messy messy world yeah. and and we have a picture of that in chapter 38 is the story of judah and tamar and so we we get a little insight into judah's uh, character yeah. here as well he is one who uh, tries to you know not take responsibility mm-hmm. he's one that's putting off things and he's uh, so we, we learn that about Judah in contrast to Joseph uh, in his right. uprightness and innocence and now chapter 39 we pick up back with the story of Joseph he goes down into Egypt the first thing that happens he gets sold into slavery to a uh, a uh, an Egyptian military officer of the Pharaoh, uh, and his name is Potiphar. And so Joseph is sold to uh, him. He is unjustly accused by Potiphar's wife an, an immoral woman who Im- unjustly accuses him of, uh, of, of uh, flirting with her. Of mm-hmm. making, And so he gets put into prison. So Joseph now, now is put into another pit down in Egypt he he's put into prison where he stays for about 13 years so joseph is not having a good time <laughs> in his uh he's not on the tourist route of Egypt he's <laughs> down in prison now a little bit of extra biblical information there is a group of um, in Egypt, they are ruled by a pharaoh, uh, a king, an emperor, and there is a Hyksos dynasty. There was a a a, Canaan, a, a leader from Canaan who takes over the leadership of Egypt, uh, and it is a dynasty. But they have their base, their 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 mm, what do you call Their heritage goes back to Canaan. And uh, so the Hyksos dynasty. There is a, an Egyptian pharaoh who is at least a little bit sympathetic to people from Canaan. So that you put that in the mix as well. Now, uh, so we have now Joseph is down in Egypt. He's in prison, and uh, what? Ta- uh, several things have to take. We'll pick it up. Are we already time for our? It's about time for our, our break. i tell you what we're going to do. We're, we're going to pick up. We've got Joseph down in prison. We've got Jacob and his sons, 70 family members down in Canaan, uh, uh, up in Canaan still. And so now what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to see how uh, how God brings about getting all the people of Israel down into Egypt for 400 years. Now, that's what God told Abraham was going to happen, and so... This We're watching the way that a sovereign God works without abusing the, the free will of any individual, either one of his followers and believers or those who are not. He, God is able to bring about his perfect purpose and, and continue forward the redemptive plan. So we'll come back and finish that up in our third segment. We're kind of halfway through here. We'll come out and tell how does Joshua, I mean Joseph here now, fit into this redemptive plan. Don't go away. Give us a call if you'd like, 210-340-9585. Rock of the cradle, rock of the cradle, peace on the earth, Mary, rock of the cradle, Christ child born in glory. If anybody asks you who I am, who I am, who I am, who I am. if anybody asks you who I am, tell them I'm a child of God. All right, we are back, our final segment on The Bible Live. We're slowly making our way through this rather complicated story, but this is what we read about this last week on The Bible Live. You can go to com and find uh, in our podcast, you can find all of the Bible readings uh, of this past week. And, of course, starting tonight, you, uh, during the coming week, we will continue our way through the book of Exodus, uh, which is where we ended up this last week. So let's... Let's hurry along. We've got Jacob and his sons, uh, 70 members of the uh, uh, people of Israel, now number 70. <laughs> Israel's name is, uh, Jacob is taken on the name Israel. So now we, what we have seen now is God has to take the people of Israel down into Egypt and they're going to be there for 400 years. That was the prediction that we got in Genesis chapter 15. So how do we get Joseph how do we get Jacob and his sons and all of their family and the nation the whole people group all of them? How do we get them down into Egypt? Now we started off talking about the the rivalry, the sibling rivalry, the, it's, it's more than that though. There's real hatred going on here. Mm-hmm. A very dysfunctional family. Joseph uh, the son uh, uh, the one of the two sons of uh, Rachel, uh, along with Benjamin, is sold into slavery down into Egypt. Uh, most of us, as we've been told, he's sold by his brothers into slavery. I think if we read the text carefully, it's it's not his brothers that did it. It's these other uh these other um the midianites and, and and these other groups but be that as it may they were responsible
0: and Joseph does think that it is his brother And Joseph says that say as well that, that later that,
1: that, on that, yeah. so they we have Joseph down first thing he gets sold into a, a a military official from the of pharaohs then his wife unjustly accuses him of of being immoral with her he's put into prison for 13 years and, and so and so the rest of the family is still up. They told their father uh, a lie. They said that he was killed by um, a wolf or a lion or something. They had blood on that famous uh, multicolored robe, <laughs> color of, robe of many colors. And so, so Jacob is, is in mourning and missing his son and all. They're still up in, in Canaan. But meanwhile, Joseph, the story turns to what God is going to do through Joseph. You wanna take it from there? How does God get him out of prison? Right. Joseph, and then miracle of miracles, he becomes the second highest official yeah. in all of the it's the, the, of the a Egyptian a, country.
0: Right. Well, um those dreams again. Oh yes. <laughs> Here that's, uh, those dreams. And uh and so I, I think it um I think Joseph did have a special just uh, God-given his personality or just a relationship with the, um, with his creator that he was prone to these dreams and he believed them and he really valued them and he had special kind of revelation yeah. through them and um, and he trusted that about himself. So I don't know if other people had dreams, but they just didn't them the way Joseph did or if Joe nobody yeah. else had dreams <laughs> well here Joseph. he is well it, but,
1: he wasn't out in the general public he was down in prison so yeah. he met uh, a a baker the favor the baker the, in the pharaoh's palace and the cupbearer the one and these two are very dangerous people if, if you're the pharaoh of a nation and remember I told you the hyksos were a, a kind of a foreign dynasty Implanted planted into Egypt. So he was probably pretty sensitive about people who might try to uh, kill him or, or poison him. So you got the cupbearer and the baker were put down into prison with him, and they each have a dream. We, we won't go into the detail of the dreams, but, but Joseph correctly interprets their dreams. Yeah. Uh, he tells the baker, you're going to be killed. You're going to... You're going to be uh, executed. And he tells the cupbearer, you're going to be re- restored to your position. Uh-huh. And so, and it happens. Mm-hmm. And Joseph says to him, you know, but when you're restored to your position, please remember me to the Pharaoh mm-hmm. that I, but, but the cupbearer doesn't do it. Does he he f- promptly he forgets doesn't, he doesn't his, do right his away, friend down least. in the prison and he goes back to serving. Now, then it comes along, Pharaoh has dreams. Right. And so Pharaoh has these dreams about um, some sheaves uh, of, of wheat that, uh, what no, is it? No,
0: the cows. The, 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 there were
1: cows, and but the, there were also, yeah, yeah. first I think was sheaves, mm-hmm. and then the cows. Okay. But seven uh, years followed another right. seven years bowing down. Right. And the whole idea was that he didn't know what it meant. And finally the cupbearer remembers. Oh,
0: yes, Joseph. And so he uh, mentions Joseph to the Pharaoh Bring up Joseph. Joseph uh, says you're going to have seven wonderful years, uh, but then followed by seven years of famine in the land. And so, what you should do is uh, make sure that you store and set up a system of um, storing the grain in the house so that when the famine does come, you'll survive it. And so, Pharaoh is so impressed by the plan, the interpretation for one, and then the plan that he actually appoints Joseph to uh, see that uh, plan through and to
1: um, to be that
0: high of an official in the land. And I guess it would have, you know, knowing that the Hyksos dynasty, there was a familiarity. uh, This Mm -hmm. pharaoh was friendly with Canaanites in general. There probably would have been a a little bit of a trust uh, there. Anyway, in place, because they're both kind of from, have that Canaanite background.
1: Okay, I was wrong. In Chapter 41 is where we find this story of the cupbearer and the baker. And in Chapter 41, first was the uh, vision of the cows, Mm -hmm. seven fat cows, and then uh, uh, seven gaunt uh, skinny cows. And then there was corn. Uh, ears full of corn uh, came and in and in seven years withered thin and scorched. And so the idea he interpreted the dream that it would be seven years of plenty and in seven years of famine. And he said, I think you should appoint overseers in charge of the land and let him exact a fifth of the produce of the land during the lands of the years of abundance and put in store them. And and so that during the years of famine, you will still have food. Right. And so they did that. Mm-hmm. The f- proposal seemed good to Pharaoh in verse thirty-seven of chapter forty-one, and he puts uh, Pharaoh, uh, um, Pharaoh puts Joseph. Mm-hmm. And since God has informed you of all this, there is no one so discerning and as wise as you. You will be over my house, and according to your uh, command, all my people shall do homage. Only. In the throne will I be greater than you. And so all of a sudden this Joseph, his total, all of his fortunes are changed. He is now in charge of the great land of, of um, Egypt. And they do, they carry out this idea of uh, of, of saving uh, these crops and so on for the years of famine. And he was thirty years old when he became uh, this king. So he had p- spent from age seventeen to thirty, about twelve or thirteen years in prison, and now he's the head of the land. Um, let's see. Then, then this famine, the years of famine hit, mm-hmm. and it affects all that re- all that part of the world. Yeah. And Jacob and his fa- Israel and his family, his brothers, are still up in Canaan and they decide in chapter 42 we see that they decide that someone has got to go down and get some food from Egypt mm-hmm. so they uh, some of the brothers mount up on their donkeys and they take their sacks and their money whatever they can uh, and they go down and long story short they make uh, what two or three trips down mm-hmm. and each time uh, Joseph <laughs> recognizes them yes. the can first you time imagine? he can, oh yeah can you imagine really <laughs> His own brothers show up, and, and but he do, they don't recognize him.
0: I wonder if Joseph. I, I bet Joseph w- would have maybe imagined, but never in a million years would the brothers, I'm sure, have have thought they'd ever see Joseph again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I remember, it's, 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 this is a long time. It's 13 years have passed, mm-hmm. or maybe 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And they're pretty much reconciled that he's. Yeah, he's gone, and you know,
1: yeah, I'm sure, dress and looks and. Shaves and all like an Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, but anyway, he goes down, and uh, you'll have to read about the details, folks. It's it's pretty amazing. He sends them back once or twice, uh, and th- he recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And, and, and Joseph is trying to get his little brother. Now, they have left Benjamin with the father up in Canaan because it would break the father's heart to lose this young brother benjamin and but but joseph wants to see his younger brother uh by you know the same mom and so he keeps telling them he sends them back with with uh grain and with food but then he keeps getting them wrapped up in scandal you know sometimes he plants the a gold cup in their in their grain it looks like they stole it from him and so on and so uh, he keeps manipulating to see if he can get them to bring his little brother uh, Benjamin up. Now that's where we have a real, imp- a really important thing that happens.
0: Which is interesting. Because Go ahead. You, uh, w- you would think he would want to see his father. You would think he would kind of keep wanting to get Jacob, but it's uh, ben- maybe he realizes if Benjamin comes, then Jacob will come. But uh, I think that's kind of an interesting. Just from a kid perspective, it's his brother that he wants to see.
1: Yeah, it's his brother he wants to see. Yeah, that that's, that is an interesting thing. Yeah. Of course, he he esteems them, and he and he doesn't take vengeance on them. Very interesting. I'm looking for the chapter where he says um, uh, where he they came. Uh, Israel set out. Uh, okay here I am. okay I'm trying to find it here oh there it is chapter forty four uh in chapter forty four a very important thing takes place um, Joseph tells them to leave someone with him and that they must bring back the the uh child the younger brother and Judah of all people yeah. steps up and Judah has learned his lesson about taking responsibility and he steps up and he says, Um, this would break my father's heart you know, and he tells him about this older brother that was killed. He doesn't <laughs> know he's talking to him at the moment. But yeah. he tells him but he tells him that it would break our father's heart to bring that lad uh with us. And so he, he says, Now therefore if you please, let me remain instead of the lad, a slave to you, my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. He offers Judah offers selflessly to take the punishment to to stay and be a slave to the Pharaoh instead of of keeping his brother there and that Joseph at that point chapter forty five Joseph breaks down he cannot control himself any longer, and he begins to weep, he weeps so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and and so on so there finally he is, his heart is broken by the act. This Judah's selfless act of being willing to sacrifice his own life, and he tells them who he is: "I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into slavery." And um, I, I, it's just it's an astounding, an astounding thing. He sends them back uh, to to bring his father and their family down into Egypt. Have you ever noticed chapter when he sends the whole family back up his brothers to get his father and their families and bring them down to egypt as he's seeing them off he sends them off 10 donkeys loaded with the best things of egypt 10 female donkeys loaded with grain and bread sustenance for his fathers on the journey so he sent his brothers away to canaan and as they departed he said to them do not quarrel on the journey (laughs) i (laughs) I think that's one of the funniest verses so
0: he knows them well.
1: <laughs> by now they have, don't quarrel, don't get in our, but they go back and now he goes to get them and they're invited by the second in command over all of Egypt, who is his son, Joseph. Uh, they're invited down. So uh, Jacob takes his all of his family and all of his people. They go down into Egypt. They're, they are received as honored guests and they uh, are given a, Prized land of uh, for pasture of their of their flocks of sheep. Now the Egyptians looked down their noses at shepherds; they did not honor shepherds. That was a very low uh, state, status for them. But they gave them the land of Goshen, uh, which is also called the land of uh, Ramses, I think, uh, in other places, and they are received as honored guests down in Egypt, and. Um, So that's how it begins, and that's how the 400 years begin that they will spend there, and they will grow to a nation group or people group of well over a million, possibly up to two million people in 400 years and many generations there. And um, Joseph does not condemn them. He says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He sees his situation from God's perspective, you know, that's it. Now there, out of all the things we said tonight, that could be lessons. So what? You know, what does that mean to us today? If we have our eyes set on God and God's plan and what God is doing, God mm-hmm. has announced mm-hmm. His purpose for our lives here on planet earth he is calling out of people for himself mm-hmm. and to the degree that w- our lives can be a part of that god's eternal purposes in that we help our families come to faith in Christ we help our our neighbors come to faith we we try to be a blessing to our 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 city our community our city neighborhoods our nation in helping honor god and help the gospel message go out around the world to that degree we will be we will be participating uh, in the the plan of god and god will use and bless us as well as a nation we that's one of the great lessons that we see here in this story from the book of genesis and this man named joseph so um there you have it we get out of the book of the book that genesis starts in a garden in eden and it ends up in a a coffin in egypt the last three words of the book of genesis uh, Joseph died at the age of 110 years, and he was embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt. And he, But he, before he dies, he tells them, God is surely going to take care of you, and he's going to take you out of this place back to the land which he promised in an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. See, they passed this forward. They passed this truth, and, 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 and Joseph remembered it and honored it. That's part of the reason that God used him and honored him is that he fit into the plan of God. So, uh, so he said, then, "When they, when yeah. when you go, take my bones with you."
0: So would they have realized that this is the beginning of those four hundred years? Would that have, or, or so were they, or were they kind of, so they would maybe have so. always been looking towards? Leaving? Maybe so,
1: maybe so, because they were told. We know what they were told yeah. in, in Genesis, th- and this was told. It was evidently passed from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Now so Joseph knows yeah. it and honors it. They know it, and so what happens is there they are in that land. Uh, it's 400 years later, and God begins to move again. Mm-hmm. Here he is, a, a, a godless uh, Pharaoh rose. He did not know Joseph. It says a, a Pharaoh came to power who did not know Joseph, and he enslaves the people of Israel. Mm-hmm. He makes them a, a, a slave population in the land, and uh 400 years passes now they keep as best they can they have they keep the memory of Abraham Isaac and Jacob they they know the promises now they they've lost a lot of it but they keep the the vases that they are the, the people of Jehovah they they worship God still they sacrifice uh and uh they honor that but now comes this time God raises up a leader now Joseph himself is already a pitcher of the Messiah that God is going to send someday. So God has not only told them verbally about it, but he's going to present to them through their history there are going to be certain people, men and others, who who are going to be a picture of, examples of, what the work of the Messiah will be. And so Joseph uh, is already that. Now there's going to be another one raised up. His name is Moses. In the opening chapters of the book of exodus the people now are living in slavery and uh they they're becoming so many of them the birth uh, rate is so high that the pharaoh becomes worried about their population that they would be a threat to the nation and so he he calls on the midwives to, to begin to kill the male children mm-hmm. and in the nation but the midwives disobey uh, one of these children is a man named um, Moshe, Moses. He is from the tribe of, of um, Levi, uh, one of the sons of Jacob. And Moses uh, uh, is taken as a boy, as a, an infant. He is placed in a basket to save his life and placed out on the Nile River instead of being killed as they had been commanded. And the a princess, a daughter of the Pharaoh, Finds the little baby, and takes her into takes the baby into her uh, arms and into her household, and f- therefore Moses, the first forty years of his life, he grows up in the palace of Egypt, in the palace of Pharaoh. He is well educated. He's educated in the palaces. He he's given all the authority and the experiences and the the formation of a young prince of Egypt, uh, and then. Uh, we'll see what happens to him in the book of Exodus. God is preparing Moses then to be one who will take uh, the people of Israel out of Egypt after those 400 years that were pre- predicted. Uh, he lives in the palaces of Egypt for 40 years, being educated, prepared in every way. Uh, you might say he got a Stanford or, or Harvard uh, mm-hmm. University a uh, uh, Education. Then he stands with his people. He sees an Egyptian uh, beating uh, on, on a an Israeli an Israeli man unjustly, and he stands up for him. He kills the Egyptian and buries them in the sand. But he's found out, and he has to flee for his life out into the desert, uh, a, a Sinai desert, and that's where uh, he's there for forty years, working uh, as as a shepherd to uh, a a priest of Midian named Jethro. He marries that man's daughter. Uh, Her name is um, Zipporah. Zipporah. Uh, And so he lives another 40 years, uh, an itinerant, just a a shepherd out in the desert tending flocks. And then God meets him at a burning bush. uh, He sees this amazing sight of a bush that is burning but is not consumed and he is reminded and reintroduced to to the god of his fathers Abraham Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses then uh is called to by god to go back into Egypt and to to demand that the pharaoh let his people go so that's where we ca- I, it, it's an astounding amazing story that we read all about it and you can review those readings if you go to thebiblelive.com. You can uh, you can hear the reading of these chapters and be reminded of them. But that's where we end up this week. We have now, after 400 years in Egypt, God raises up Moses as a, a picture of an example of a Messiah. He is one who is going to redeem and, and take the people of, of uh, Israel out of the kingdom of darkness, out of sin, out of Egypt and take them out and they will God is going to then begin to begin he's going to begin some nation building reminding them of who they are who who is their god now not only did the people of Egypt uh, of Israel come out of Egypt but many people from is Egypt as well citizens of Egypt come out and other people groups that are there in the land they many of them come out with them not only just uh people from uh, jacob and his family
0: i want to give a quick shout out sure, to, those, go it. to those midwives who refused to uh kill the babies <laughs> amen goes there
1: for sure yes. oh there's so many lessons that we could take uh, about uh from the scriptures about our lives today and the way we live and the things that are going on but the important thing is that we be fitting into god's plan who he is and what he is doing in our world today see you next sunday night folks
0: the Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. Mailing address is P.O. Box 1888. That's Box 1888, San Antonio, Texas 78218.
1: Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on...